Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue in Sheer, we will have another conversation about the relationship between ugliness and Torah scholarship. You could think of this as an addendum to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about the ugly Talmud Chacham and the handsome Russia. In that conversation, we spoke about two agatitas or two non-legal portions of the Gemara, two stories, and they were very strange. And we spoke about how they apparently inform our understanding of the relationship between ugliness and Torah scholarship. The Gemara in Tainus we saw and Daf Zion, which spoke about Rabbi Shua ben Hanania, uh, who was apparently a not such a good-looking guy, and he uh, and the, the Caesar's daughter was insulting his appearance and just couldn't fathom, couldn't grasp how it could be that such a Talmud Chacham could be so ugly. And he proceeded to demonstrate that the best vessel for Torah scholarship is, in fact, an ugly person. And that all the good-looking Talmidei Chachamim that you might know of, we might think of Rabbi Yochanan, who was known in the Gemara as being good-looking, but they would, he says they would have been even greater Talmidei Chachamim if they were ugly. And we spoke about why that might be. We talked about the um, the, the partner Gemara, or at least what we made the partner Gemara, we paired it up with the Gemara in Yom Daf Lamed Hay regarding uh, the Rasha, whom, um, is, whom Yosef is Mechaev, Yosef Atzadik is Mechaev, the Rasha, because the Rasha might say, look, I was so good looking, I couldn't be Yosef in Torah because I was too busy indulging in my Yetzirah. And we see that Yosef, who was good-looking and he was still Yosef in Torah, he still rose to the occasion to fulfill Ratzon Hashem. And there we acknowledged, at the very least, even if his excuse won't be accepted, but the Russia's argument that I was good-looking and therefore it was harder for me to learn Torah, there is some legitimacy to that. And we see that from Rabbi Shoban Hanania, who says that, in fact, yes, ugliness makes for great Torah scholarship. It helps your endeavor of Torah learning. And we explained why that might be. And putting the two Gemars together, it seems that the better looking you are, in fact, the harder it is to fight your Sahara because of it, the more Yitzhahara, um, you know, um, indulges in you, and the more you indulge in him, the more focused you are on your physicality. The uglier you are, the less focused you'll be on your physicality, the more you'll be focused on your Torah learning. It's just very simple. It's as simple as not being so absorbed in your Torah, in, in your in your physicality, and therefore you'll have more room for your Torah scholarship. So today I wanted to look at another Agatha, another very strange Gemara, and this Gemara is seemingly, I don't know if I will call it a contradiction, but it almost seems to be some kind of counter to the Gemaras that we learned already. And I want to try to just investigate a little bit how it might inform our understanding of the relationship between ugliness and Torah scholarship, because this seems to almost be like the other side of the equation. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I want to talk about it. It is a very strange Gemara that also appeared in the Daf recently, if you're following along with Mesechus Tainus, which we're almost finished with. But in the latter half of Tainus, we have a very, very strange Gemara on Daf um, Chaf, it's at the bottom of Chafam Ralf, the top of Chafam Bays, and we'll talk about it. And I do think that we may have more questions than answers before we get off of this Gemara. And it's, it's, it's not just because the give and take is very strange, which it is, but the actions of the Talmud Chacham, who acts in this Gemara, are also very strange. Like, they're, they're hard to understand how a Talmud Chacham, a tzaddik, who 
Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon was. So just so you know who the Gemara is about, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon. For those who don't know, this is the son of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was the Zohar. So if you if you need to you know to have an understanding of the level that he was on, there are some who assume, um, you know, um, some Rishonim that believe that Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon is also Rabbi Lazar Hakalir, who is one of the greatest Paitanim. We've spoken about him. Um, in some of our kinos, he wrote many of the kinos. He wrote zmiros, many of the piyutim that we have in Yamim Norayim davening and the yotzros. All the incredible things that he's that he's done, not just in Torah scholarship, but in um, the our own liturgy that we have today. So much of it is based on Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, and this is again aside from his Torah scholarship, all the Torah that he's contributed um, throughout Shas. If you want to just um, just get an idea, you know, you can if you, if you look at um, the uh, the safer that Art Scroll put out a, a few years ago before the new Dafyomi cycle. So Schadenstein put out um, the Shimoff edition, Introduction to the Talmud, which has history, personalities, and background of the Gemara. I wasn't originally planning on on plugging this safer, but it talk you know it has um, um, has Entries on each of the major Tanayim and Amarayim in the Gemara. They have a whole thing on Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, which talks about how incredible he was. And some of it brings down all the incredible Gemaras about him. I preface with all this as a disclaimer, so that when we look at this Gemara, which does not only seem to portray him in a very unflattering way, but even like when he comes around and makes things right at the end of this Gemara, we still have trouble relating to... The seemingly, if, if it wasn't him, we would describe it as disgusting, jerky behavior. And obviously, the Gemara presents it in such a way that, you know, we're supposed to be able to gain and learn from it. But we have to take the Gemara with a grain of salt, not to say that what, what, what was presented in the story didn't happen, chas v'shalem, because that's also not okay. But to understand that maybe the Gemara was written in such a way that maybe it's coded and maybe there's other... There, there's deeper implications, which the Rishonim and Acharonim um, already started working on trying to resolve the strange basic read of the Skimara. And you'll understand just how difficult it is from the get-go as I read the Gemara to you. But again, I want you to read it with the reverence, just like what I've said in the past about how we relate to figures in Tanakh, our heroes, who were not just, you know, of their, the last names weren't just Avinu and Rabbeinu, um, but they were incredible people, all of them. So we have to try to relate on that level, with the same level of reverence, or at least close of a level of reverence, to the figures in the Gemara, who were who they were. So that said, let's look at this Gemara. So the Gemara had been talking about the importance and the merit of being flexible like a kanet, like a reed, and not being harsh and stiff like an erez, like a cedar, not to be arrogant. And it's in that vein that the Gemara tells the following story. A person should always be soft like a reed, flexible, and not to be hard like a cedar. And here we get to the story. Here's an incident that demonstrates this lesson, to be flexible like a reed 
and not be hard like a cedar. Okay, so, and we're, again, we're going to see a story that looks much more, it seems to talk much more than about being flexible and not stiff. But that said, let's keep going. So Rebbe Shimon, again, Rebbe Lazar HaKalir, the son of the Zohar, he comes from Migdal Gedor, Mibes Rabbo, and he comes from his teacher's house. He can just he just learning by his Rebbe. He's riding on a donkey. And he's traveling along the riverbank. Now, I'm not sure why the donkey is significant and why the riverbank is significant, but the reason I point this out is that there's clearly much more here beneath the surface. Every detail, whatever looks like it's amiss, whatever looks strange, everything here matters, even if we don't completely understand. So the first question, which we might not answer, is why do we need to know that he was riding on a donkey? Why do we need to know that he was traveling over along the riverbank? It seems to not be significant, but we'll keep going. The Samach Simcha Gedola. He had a great Simcha. So... A great simcha. He wasn't just happy, but it was a great simcha. We were very rare to find that a phrase, at least in Tanakh. I think in Shas it comes up a lot. In Tanakh, we find the simcha gedola in reference to Yonah. Yonah, who was rejoicing with his kikayon, his plant, that he was sitting underneath and getting nice shade. So it provided such a simcha gedola, very strange in that context as well. I think we also have it when, when Shlomo HaMelech built the Beis HaMikdash. I think the Navi talks about the simcha gedola that was experienced. But that said, this simcha wasn't just simcha. And his da'as, his feelings, his emotions were very gas. They were very proud on himself. He was feeling very proud. Why? He learned a lot of Torah. Okay, turning over to Chaf on the base. There was a, a man prepared for him. Rashi and Tozos both bring down that this was Eliyahu Hanavi in disguise. And not just disguised as anyone, it was a pretty ugly disguise. As the Gemara says, again, a man was, was designated, was prepared for him. There chanced in his way this person. Who was very ugly, exceedingly ugly. Okay, so perhaps Eliyahu Anavi, in disguise of an ugly person. For what purpose? Apparently, says Rashi, that someone is going to, rep- to give him reproof so that he doesn't um, continue to, to do things like this. To do things like what? Sounds like to, to be arrogant. So, Rabbi Shimon is feeling really proud of his Torah learning and he's feeling very arrogant. Now, again, we have to try to appreciate this on his level. We might, you know, get through a daf of Gemara and we might feel like, oh, wow, I feel so good about myself. We learned the Tosfos, we learned the Torah, we understood it, and we feel very proud. We might have a lot of Torah knowledge on a certain topic and we might feel like, oh, I'm expert on this topic. No one can stand, you know, can hold a candle to me on this topic. Obviously, the arrogance of Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon has to be understood in a different way than our arrogance for our, you know, our little Torah learning that we do. But that said, on his level, he's being described as being really happy, which is a good thing. But apparently, it seems to it seems to go a little bit overboard. And I, I, again, why is the you know why is the happiness significant? The happiness doesn't seem to be the problem, unless maybe the too much happiness. Um, you know, happiness with Torah learning is good. Right? We say, Hashem We want the Torah to be sweet and make us happy. But apparently, there, you know, you have to be careful because there's a fine line, perhaps, between 
exceeding happiness and arrogance. We might say that there was a similar manifestation with Yonah, um, only to go back to Yonah as the example, he had a great happiness and maybe his um, maybe he had a certain harshness, even though he was happy with his kikayon, which is also a plant we talked about being not like a cedar but being like like a like a reed. So Yonah had a nice big plant which was he was happy over, and I wasn't really planning on making these parallels, but you might say that Yonah's harshness against the people of Nineveh was uh, was being rebuked in that story, and maybe we'll have a similar thing here. Anyway. Apparently, it's significant that this man is ugly. Unclear why. But Rabbi Lazarus Shimon sees this ugly guy, Amarlo, and the ugly person says to him, Shalom Alecha Rabbi. He says, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be upon you, Rabbi. Greetings. But he did not reply to him. Now, the Art Scroll Gemara says that the. It was the ugly person who greeted Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. I wonder if the Gemara can be read in a way that uh, that Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon is speaking to him. I'm not sure. Um, again, our art scroll assumes that it's it's the ugly person greeting him, and Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon just ignores him. And then Amarlo, then he says to him, "Reka, you empty one," and we'll continue the conversation in a second. But uh, you know, maybe this Gemara could be read, I'm not sure, as that Rabbi Lazar Shimon greeted him and the ugly guy didn't respond. And maybe this is what's going to lead to the, the the following line that Rabbi Lazar Shimon says. But again, I'm going to go with the assumption that that the ugly guy, um, the ugly Al-Yahu Anavi in disguise is the one that greets him. And he says again, as follows, he says, Shalom Alecha Rabbi. And Rabbi Lazar Shimon um Responds, oh, it does not respond, and then just comments, Reka, you empty one. So we'll get to what happens next. Um, I'm going to just defend this position that it, it is, in fact, the ugly person that reached out to him and extended the greeting because it's more likely that the ugly person called him Rebbe and not vice versa. But um, I, um, if you think about it, you know, there's a good reason maybe to think the other way, but I'm going to continue to assume the way. The Gemara is presented in Art Scroll, probably the Mafarshim. So he says, Reiko, you empty one. How ugly is that man? It sounds like he's not even talking to him, he's talking about him. Are all the people of your city as ugly as you are? And it's like, whoa, okay, what do we do with that? And what does the fact that Rabbi Elizabeth Rabbi Shimon learned a lot of Torah and is feeling really good about himself, that he's commenting on this individual's physical appearance. Very, very strange. And very strange that he says something so, so offensive to this guy. And listen to what the person's response is. Ini Odea, says the ugly man, I don't know. Ela leichve mor leuman she asahani kama mechor but go and tell the craftsman who made me how ugly is the vessel that you made. I find it interesting. If we connect this back to the other Gemara on Tainus that we learned on Dav Zion, they also use the, the, the mashal, the, the analogy of a vessel. And it seems that he's saying, don't blame me, blame the craftsman. Blame the Rebun Shalom who made the vessel. You think I'm ugly and you want to insult me? And maybe the town that I came from? Well, don't insult me. You know, I, I didn't make myself which is actually a very good lesson in its own right. 
I wasn't the one that made myself the way I look. So blame Hashem. Ask Hashem why he made me so ugly. So this is a good musr for anyone who looks at someone else's physical appearance and is going to be so disgusting, which again, we have to try to understand Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon. Um, like, like this, this just seems to be like basic midos that he, that he's not demonstrating here, which means that we have to understand the Gemara on a different level. The Mepharshim already get on it and we'll, we'll, we'll get to understand what's going on here. And, um, and we see that, that Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon Instantly regretted, you know, right here, he, Rebbe Lezer Hashem calls man ugly, instantly regrets it. How so? When Rebbe Lezer realized that he, that in himself he sinned, apparently by insulting this ugly guy, he went down from his donkey, and he prostrated himself before him. So maybe this is why the donkey is significant. I said I wasn't going to answer this question, but maybe it's significant now that he's lowering himself. So now he's lowering himself. He gets off his donkey, gets off his high horse, in this case his high donkey, and maybe that's important. Right? Mashiach rides on a donkey, um, so maybe it's the same concept. You know, he gets off his donkey, he gets off his, his high donkey, and he, and he bows down. But Amr alone, he says, nah, um, I, I've, I've, I've offended you, and therefore forgive me, please. Now we'll get to his response in a second. But once again, the Mepharshim, they, you know, they, they, they try to explain the actions of Ravala Rav Rabbi Shimon, and they explain it in such a way that we can't understand the Gemara at face value. So, for example, I'm, I'm just going to read you the summary that the Art School Gemara provides. It says, It's inconceivable that Ravala's refusal to return the man's greeting and a sharp response were occasioned solely by the man's hideous appearance. And they quote the Marsha here. They said, It's more logical to assume that the man's looks made him appear uncow than thug-like. Meaning like, when he saw this man's ugly appearance, he just assumed that he was a lowly person. Because, I guess, isn't, is that a fair assumption? Now, if you think about the other Gemara that we learned, Rabbi Shoban Hananiah, who was ugly, and he was a great Talmachacham, and he argued to defend that, the idea that, in fact, the, the best Torah scholarship will come from the ugly person. So... That you know, it's that it's you know, you have a little bit of the don't judge a book by its cover, um, or altistakiel bakankan elabashabasoho. So, here he, um, you know, you have a little bit of that lesson here, but it seems to be you know, maybe counter that Rebelzari Shimon is assuming, apparently, from the from at least from Marsha, that he based on the looks, he assumed that he was a uh, was on a low level, and um, the Ion Yaakov explains that. Maybe since this guy was ugly, it was more likely that he was uh, of low stature. And this speaks to the arrogance of, uh, of the quote-unquote on his level, Rablaz Rabbi Shimon, um, for not wanting to respond to this low-class individual. Um, but obviously, this person's looks by itself are not what made him who he was. Ben Yoyadog suggests that Rabbi are meant only to criticize the man's behavior. And he thought that the man was being insolent. And... Since the but since the guy was actually ugly, so and let's say it was Leo and Avi, apparently there was a lesson here, and maybe we could say that ugliness here is a reference to behavior, but it sounds like it's got to be more than that. It sounds like it's a description of physical appearance, and so the question is, what were Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon's assumptions here? And we have, well, again the behavior we, we can hardly defend, right? Like you know at least at face value. And maybe we're not supposed to take it at face value once again. 
But he says, um, he says, he first he calls him ugly. He said, basically, why are you talking to me? Are there, you know, are there ugly people like you from where you come from? And he says, whoa, 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 like Hashem made me this way. Which is like, again, a basic, uh, just a basic lesson. Like we would think that the Gemara's lesson here is, and uh, has nothing to do with being flexible, not being arrogant, just don't be a jerk. Right, to say such a thing about Elizabeth Shimon, I'm not. But if this would be you and me, once again, we would just say, don't be a jerk, don't be, you know, uh, a sociopath. That said, Elizabeth um, Shimon takes issue with this person speaking to him, and it could be he was taken off guard by how ugly this person was. You can imagine if it was Eliyahu Hanavi appearing to him in a very ugly costume. So it must have taken him by surprise. And and if, if, if he was provoking, if, if, if Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon felt provoked, and, you know, sometimes you do find on bad-looking people who are not Talmidei Chachamim, you know, and, this, you know, because, again, to suggest that ugly people have to be Talmidei Chachamim is, not, is also not true, because there are plenty of ugly people that are not Talmidei Chachamim. They don't have the excuse of being handsome, and therefore they should be Talmidei Chachamim, and they probably have more of a potential to be Talmidei Chachamim, like Rabbi Lazar, like Rabbi Shoba and Hanania taught us. That said... Rabbi Allah's Rabbi Shimon is assuming that this guy is much lower. And maybe he's making the same mistake as the Caesar's daughter. Could be. Right? The Caesar's daughter thought yeah, Talmud Chacham is, is, not good, is, is not ugly. Talmud Chacham has to be good looking. And Rabbi Shimon Chanai says that's wrong. And maybe Al Yohanovi is teaching the same lesson. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's, uh, that, that, that's not a counter to our Gemara, but it's just a, it's, it's a confirmation of the Gemara that we saw earlier, and that Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon was learning the same lesson. Anyway, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon asks for forgiveness and says the ugly guy, again, if it's Eliyahu Navi, he's still, this is still part of the test. Amar lo, I'm not going to forgive you. Until you go to the craftsman that made me and tell him how ugly the, the vessels that you made. And so he says, yeah, I'm, I'm pressing you. He talked to Hashem about it. Ask Hashem. Press Hashem. I'm pressing you to press Hashem. I, I'll, I'll forgive you. Just ask Hashem why he made me this way. And again, like, what does this have to do with Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon's Torah scholarship? He was feeling really good about himself. He learned a lot of Torah. And then all of a sudden... He's an ugly guy and insults the ugly guy. Like, what do the two have to do with each other? And again, maybe this is the idea. Rabbi Lazar Shimon maybe was not an ugly guy. Maybe he was, maybe he was good looking. And he just had this false assumption that anyone who's ugly is intuitively empty. Right? And this seems to be the correlation that Rabbi Lazar Shimon makes. He sees ugly man and calls him empty one i.e. you don't have Torah in you. Now, had only he known this is Eliyahu Navi, he obviously wouldn't have said anything. But what if this is Rabbi Shoba and Hananya, right, who was also a Talmud Chacham who happened to be ugly? So maybe part of this is the don't judge a book by its cover lesson, but we have to try to plug this back into being uh, flexible and not and not harsh and stiff. And again, well, like where, where does that tie in? So... We'll think about that. Keep it on the back burner as we finish this Gemara. So Rabbi Lazar traveled behind him you know, to follow him until he reached the city. And apparently this is still part of the Nisayon, the, the, the growth process, the reproof, the Musr to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. So the, the people of the city came to greet Rabbi Lazar. 
Rabbi Mori Mori. Shalom Alecha, they say, peace be upon you. Just like the ugly guy greeted Rabbi Lazar Bishimon, now they're saying, Rabbi Rabbi Mori Mori. Now, why is that significant? Rabbi Rabbi Mori Mori. It sounds like they're holding him in very high regard, right? They're honoring him, they're giving him glory. Perhaps the same glory that he felt at the beginning of the Gemara. Amr Lan ugly men said to them, Lemiatem Kor and Rabbi Rabbi, who are you calling Rabbi Rabbi? Amr they said, well, why? We're talking to the guy who's behind you. The the man traveling, um, so he says to them, if this is your Rebbe, there should not be many more like him in Israel. And so that's obviously a very harsh thing to say. And maybe this line parallels the earlier line, right? Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon said, whoa, are there other ugly people like you in the town that you come from? And almost like saying like, you know, there shouldn't be such a thing to see such ugly people who are probably empty and have no no Torah in them. And now he's saying, the same ugly, now the same ugly guy, Eliyahu Anavi perhaps, is saying, the uh, the contrast, you, there should be no more like you in Israel. In Israel. And Mipnei Ma, they asked, Amrlo and Mipnei Ma, they said, why do you say that? Amrlo, he said, such and such happened to me, such and such, and such he, he did to me. Sounds like um, he spoke a little bit of Lashonara. But again, if this is Eliyahu Anavi trying to teach a lesson, so maybe you know there's a greater reason for this. But he says, this is what happened. This is what he said to me. Amrulo, listen to their incredible response. They said, Afal pichain, even so, mechalo. You should forgive him. Sha'adam gadol batorahu. Because he's a man of, uh, he's a great, he's a gadol batorah. Whoa. So they heard the story and their immediate response was this Danakav schus of, okay, you know, but he's a Talmud Chacham, he's a Gadol Batoros. So you know what? Even though you would think maybe we should be harsher, especially for such um, objectionable behavior, but he's a Talmud Chacham, so cut him some slack. Maybe there's a lesson here about Danakav schus for Talmudei Chachamim. We assume that if they ever did do something wrong, that they did shuva, And maybe there is a lesson to be learned about the social awareness when it comes to that like a great Torah scholar doesn't necessarily mean there's nothing in his midos that he has to work on. And again, we are still talking about Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon on his level, right? The one of our greatest Tamidei Chachamim and Paitanim. So again, that we can't, we, we, we can't understate his greatness. So again, trying to relate to him on his level. But maybe there is what to be said about Torah scholarship and midos that the two don't necessarily go together. And maybe these people even realize that even if he did something wrong, look look at it, the incredible Danakavs they had immediately. Not only the honor that they show him, but the patience that they have with him. Maybe this is part of the lesson. And says the ugly man, in response, Because of you guys, for your sakes, I forgive him. He should just not make a habit of doing this. So, Marsha explains that. It doesn't mean don't make a habit of calling people ugly. That, that you should never do. It says the Marsha, don't, don't have a habit of being so arrogant. Again, when, well, like, what does arrogance have to do with how ugly this guy is? So, again, apparently, the Gemara is not merely talking about being a jerk or not being a jerk and, say, and making offensive statements. Apparently, there's more here beneath the surface. 
Um, and just like there's more beneath the surface of an ugly face, there's more beneath the surface in this Gemara. And apparently what we're seeing here is there's a, there's a crossover between the arrogance and the, presumption, the presumptiveness, I guess, of Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Shimon as it relates to this ugly guy. It's not just that he called a guy ugly, which is not a nice thing to do. That's not just about it. It's about his assumptions that he made about the ugly person. Right? He makes assumptions about the ugly person and assumes that if this guy's ugly, then, and again, his physical appearance is ugly, so he must be on a lower level. It must be he doesn't have Torah in him. And and really, Rabbi Lazar's statement is about his Torah scholarship. He's, this guy's ugly, and that's the assumption he's making. And this apparently is very, very wrong. And we know this from the last Gemara that we learned. So what, what is the lesson? So he says, again, so um, the ugly guy says, I forgive him for you. Just don't, don't, don't do this. Immediately, Rabbi Shimon, he entered the base Medrash and he, and he taught the following. A person should always be soft like a reed and not hard like a cedar. This is for this reason that the reed merited to become pens and quills to to write in in stam in sefer sefer Torah tefillin misses us. And that's the end. It is not the arrogance that makes for good Torah teaching, but apparently, the quill that writes for Torah it comes from a reed. Um, right. So in this case, we're not talking about a feather, but we're talking about a reed pen. And this is important because. Apparently, it's the, so whose who's flexibility is being praised here? So you might argue it's the flexibility of the people who were so patient and said you should forgive him. Maybe it was the flexibility of the ugly guy who, although at first he was very not ready to forgive, but ultimately he did. And he, and he, and he did because at a certain point he understood that you know, that Rebbe Zerosh Shimon was a Talmud Chacham. And, and even though, again, he says, he says, because of you guys, I'm forgiving him. But maybe they taught him the lesson and he realized, you know, I should be more lenient. And Rebbe Zerosh Shimon, uh, understanding that he was, um, he was the subject to fair and, and patient treatment by these individuals, because of that, he praised them as being flexible like a reed. And on the flip side, his own gasus ruach on his level, his arrogance on his own level. So he realized, I should not have been so presumptuous. I should not have just felt so good because I learned a lot of Torah. And also, I shouldn't be presumptive about how people look and assume just because they look a certain way that they're for sure empty people that don't have any Torah merit. And that, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't say offensive things in general. And again, is being stiff is not what leads you to be offensive, unless you could say that, in a certain sense, yes, we're not talking about you know being a uh, you know being not nice, but we're talking about being overly explicit with how we criticize people, maybe, right? That that, that might be uh, more about what this Gemara is talking about. That when you when you criticize someone or when you talk about things, you could do things in a blatant way, in an explicit way, and that comes from a certain harshness. It's a certain it's a certain stiffness that leads a person to do that. And if you're more flexible like a reed, you'll be more kind about how you speak to people. And maybe that's what's being taught here. 
Now, I think this Gemara has an interesting parallel to the Gemara in Shabbos and Lamed Gimel, which is also about Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon. talks about when he and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai were in the cave, the famous Lagba Omer Gemara, and they come out of the cave, and Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, he, everywhere he looks, he's got these laser eyes and he's burning everything. And he's told, you better go back in the cave and learn some more Torah. And he couldn't look at people who weren't Torah learning you know, who weren't Torah scholars, who weren't doing Talmud Torah the way he was. And again, it's a certain level of harshness. And you can you might think of it as a level of arrogance about like, look, I learned this much Torah. Why aren't you learning this much Torah? And he had trouble relating and he couldn't, and he wasn't being down the cuffs chus for the people that weren't learning as much Torah as he was. And everywhere he looked, he has these laser eyes burning everything. You could almost see these same piercing laser eyes you know, of staring down this ugly person. And of course, there was a lesson that he needed to learn. And again, it could be that this, this Gemara is continuing to speak to that idea about the relationship between ugliness and Torah scholarship, that we should definitely not assume that you won't find Torah um, scholarship in an ugly person. And the last Gemara that we saw in this demonstrated how you're more likely to find it there, or at least it, it, you're, you're, you have a better shot at your Torah scholarship if you're not as good-looking. And Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon, who perhaps did not have the Nisayan of being ugly, but maybe had the Nisayan of being better-looking and being very talented in his Torah learning. So he, um, he, um, he learned about you know how to work on his Midos better, and I think the takeaway from the Gemara it really ends up being the same as the last Gemara that we saw. And that is that look what object is used to write Sifrei Torah, Mezuzah, and Tefillin. It comes from the Kaneh, the one who's flexible. Usually the person who is ugly, uh, more often than not, is going to be more humble. They're, gonna, they're not going to be as arrogant. And they will, you know, and they're more likely to not be arrogant about their Torah scholarship either, because of the, you know, being not good looking is something that actually helps you be less presumptuous and less arrogant, because naturally people look down on you, just like Rebbe Rabbi Shimon looked down on, on, on this man. And so if the lesson to be learned was, I want to communicate Torah if I want to be a vessel to communicate Torah, if there should be more Rebbeim and Morim in the world, in, in, the, in Israel like myself, that would have to mean that I would have to be flexible and be humble. And that's the only way I can teach Torah, not to be a legend in my own mind, but to be someone who is ready to be humble and communicate the Torah that way. And the cedar is not used for teaching Torah. So you might learn a lot of Torah, but how are you going to communicate it to others? Right, Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon did not do, do, uh, do a good job communicating when he came out of the cave, and he did not do a good job communicating when he met Eliyahu Hanavi on, that, on this day, who was disguised as this ugly man. And maybe this speaks to not just Torah scholarship, but, but Torah education, being an educator in Torah. So not necessarily that being ugly helps for that, but being humble helps for that. And this would be another advantage to perhaps not being good-looking, um, and that is that the more humble you are, the more proficient you can be in, uh, in your communication and facilitation of Torah learning. Anyway, that takes us through another interesting conversation, this one about the Talmud Chacham and the ugly man. And 
Be'ezras Hashem, with that, um, we can keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah, no matter how we look. Um, but definitely use um, use whatever our, our whatever Nisa and Hashem decided to give us. Use that to our advantage, and um, and with, with whatever lot Hashem has given us, we should be able to grasp and teach um, to, to learn and to teach the Torah, the Torah Hashem. Anyway, thank you for joining us here at the database. We'll meet up next time.